What's good, everybody? And welcome to another episode of What's Good Games Live for Monday, April 20th, Whoa, 2020. Man. It's for 2020. It's for 2020, a.k.a. the two-year anniversary of God of War for PlayStation 4. Wow, Britt, I didn't even think about that. I, I didn't Oh, and either. welcome to the show, Brittany oh, Brombacher. Oh, hey, hey, girl. Uh, no, I hey, saw girl, Corey's hey. tweet and then I remembered. My brain's not that good. And I'm Andrea Renee, and welcome to the show, everybody. This is your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash what's good games. We're just kicking it off right away, talking about one of the greatest games ever made. I thought you were going to say one of the best days ever made. I'll say, okay, girl. Today could be the best day of our lives, Brittany. We don't know yet because it's just begun. Oh, I love that optimism. Also, I love your hair. I'm digging it. Oh, thanks. This is what happens when you're up really late editing and then you get up really early to do more editing. You're like, oh, boy, I got to do the show soon. Natural hair day. I haven't used hot tools on my hair in over a month and a half. And I'm okay wow. with that. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I couldn't do that. I would say let it grow, <laughs> let it thrive, but all the ends are getting all nasty and split anyway, so it's just breaking. It's fine. I got yeah, my, my I nails going. I was talking going. to my cousin about this. I think we're all like in hair hell together. I know there's lots of men that are desperate for trims and wives, girlfriends, partners, boyfriends that are doing the trims for them, and oh. it's going bad have you seen any of these compilations of people trying to color their own hair (laughs) oh not the coloring no i've seen the haircuts oh no the haircuts are bad too it's like never try to attempt to cut your own bangs unless you like are very cautious about what you're doing yeah never do it all in one snip it's never it's never that's not how it works trust me i've i've rocked the bangs for most of my life and i i've never tried to do it because you see the horror stories of girls trying to cut it and they cut them then they pop up to here and then they're like Mm-mm. It yep, happens. I'm with you. It happens. But we're not here to talk about hairstyles. We're here to talk about video games. If you guys have not joined us live, we would love for you to sometime, if you are able, to pop on over, open up a second screen or another window at twitch.tv slash what's good games. We are now an affiliate and have been for a couple of weeks, so that means that you can give us your free Twitch subscription that you get with your Amazon Prime membership. I'm going to be uploading a how-to video on that in a little bit because a lot of my family members who don't traditionally watch the show have Amazon Prime. And I'm like, yo, give me your sub. Help support everything we do at What's Good Games. And our fifth and final emote as an affiliate got approved. It's I don't know if anybody so, oh, has, it's a, been has it going It's all there. up in the chat. Yeah, it's so good. good. She looks so good. It's Ree looking like a queen. Oh. She even has a little crown on. So good. Uh, which I love. So enough about Twitch and enough about emotes. We'll see them plenty in the chat later today. Uh, but I do want to keep talking about streaming. Brittany, we've got some streams this week. We do. This Friday, if you are one of our patrons at patreon.com slash what's good games, our happy hour Q&A kicks off Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific. And this is a stream open to every patron at every level. And essentially, you just toss questions our way and we drink and uh we've done a lot of these well i guess since may of 2017 since we kicked off and they can get very weird in a very yes, good they way can. it's it's a good we time. haven't we haven't finalized what we're doing for the game yet but for the after hours which is, t- is taking place at 1 p.m but that's correct yeah we not but we have some ideas we do it'll be fun so yeah join us it'll be good 
And then next Monday, April 4th, immediately following What's Good Games Live on Twitch, I'm hosting a few of the developers from Manticore, which is the development team behind Core. And if you guys aren't familiar, Core is essentially a game-building game. So not, not to interrupt dissimilar, you, but next yes. Monday is the 27th of April. Are you talking Correct. about May 4th? I mean the week after. <laughs> Got you. Okay, May 4th, ladies and gentlemen. Time is hard right now, Brittany. It is. Okay. It is. I got you, girl. I got Time. you. Time is hard. Um, yeah, so I mean two weeks from today is when we're going to be doing that stream because the week next week I'm doing Games Beat Summit Online, which is also a fantastic thing that I am very excited didn't get canceled, that they moved to a completely digital format. And I'll be tweeting more about that, but essentially it's a really cool online seminar of sorts where there's going to be all kinds of fantastic talks and fireside chats and um, panel discussions about the business of doing video games. So if you guys are interested... It is going to be streaming free, and then there are paid tiers if you want access to private roundtables and Q&A sessions. So I'll be tweeting more info about that at Andrea Renee if you guys are interested in joining, if you are curious about the business of the business that we talk about here every week on the show. And finally, I published my first What's Good Games, or excuse me, What's Good Wine video. Yay! Yay, you did it! You did the thing. Congratulations. How does it feel? Thanks. It feels good to finally have it done, even though like I want to make a bazillion changes to it, and I already have a bunch of ideas that I want to keep making, and so I'm going to shoot my next video this week. I think the problem is, like I, as you know, as somebody who works with me, I have all of these grand ideas about what I want to do production-wise, and then I'm like, this, I'm overthinking this. I'm definitely just spending way too much time on things that nobody's going to notice or care about, except for me. Uh, so. Yes, that's that's one of your best traits, and I love you for it. Everyone <laughs> needs Rick. a friend that has that set of eyes. So where can people watch this? Um, so it's right now I'm uploading it to my personal YouTube channel, um, and it's interesting because I think because I've been so inactive, my redirect is no longer working because oh. you used to be able to type in youtube.com slash Andrea Renee and it would go to my personal channel. But now when you do that, it's like a broken link. And I think it's because I made a bunch of old videos on my channel private. And if you don't have a certain amount of watch hours on your channel public, they like demonetize you and they like take your status down oh. until you hit. This was part of the redesign that YouTube did with their partnership program a while back. They got a bunch of smaller creators really upset to say, hey, like I just don't have a big enough fan base to get these crazy benchmarks. And now you're taking away my ability to monetize what oh, little money right. I was making from my channel. And I'm not necessarily worried about the monetization part of it. I mean, eventually I will be. But right now I know I'm just getting started, but I was concerned that now my redirect is gone. <laughs> so, yay. <laughs> um, but if you go to the What's Good Games YouTube channel and you look at our featured channels and subscriptions, both Brittany and I's channels are there. So you can see Blonde Nerd's channel and watch all of her amazing legacy Let's Play videos. And then you'll see my channel there as well. I have, I think, three videos live on my, on my channel. I was like two of my old hosting reels and then my wine video. But I'm going to be uploading more content on Instagram because I kind of feel this particular style of content goes better with that platform. Mm -hmm. So Instagram.com slash what's good wine is where you can follow me there. I'll be doing more posts there. Hell yeah. Well, I'm very excited to watch it because I think you posted it just this morning, right? Correct. So I have yep. Okay. Okay. I'm going to watch it and I'm going to have some whiskey while I watch it. I would say wine, but we all know how that would go. It's true. But I do want to get you on something at some point to talk about a wine for beginners because that's been one of my most oh. requested pieces of content when I've been making calls for submissions. Everyone's like, I want to get into wine, but I don't like wine. And I'm like, don't worry. I can help. 
I will happily be your guinea pig. <laughs> oh, and I found a cheese oh. the other day that's a cheddar cheese that was uh, soaked in whiskey, and I thought of you. What? Yeah. It's got like a whiskey rind to it. It's it's amazing. Oh, oh so okay. I'll, Whenever this quarantine stuff, stay-at-home social distancing stuff goes, we're going to have that peanut butter whiskey with the whiskey soaked or in cheese or cheese soaked in whatever the fuck. It's just going to be a whiskey It's fest. like a whiskey rind. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. Actually, those two together doesn't sound all that great, but it's okay. I'll eat it. Yeah, I... <laughs> peanut butter whiskey I, and cheese whiskey. Let's go. Uh yeah, I, I honestly, it all depends on how strong the peanut butter flavor is yeah, yeah. on the whiskey. I know a lot of people like to have those sweet drinks. Oh, I forgot to take the Moobot Mortal Kombat bingo out. Sorry, everybody oh. in the chat. <laughs> eh. My bad. I'll fix that later. Anyway, enough about that. We've been delaying long enough. Let's get into the news. Brittany, this was pretty exciting. Xbox announced this morning. That Cyberpunk 2077 has a limited edition Xbox One console, and it was revealed via IGN. Well, this is IGN's write-up. They actually sent out a press release, which I got, um, which I'm just assuming IGN got as well. Would you like to read this? I would love to. After teases and some leaks, Microsoft has revealed the Cyberpunk 2077 limited edition Xbox One X console bundle. The console is set to launch in June, three months before the Cyberpunk's September 17th release date. Only 45,000 Cyberpunk 2077 limited edition Xbox One X units will be manufactured, which is which will also be the final Xbox One X limited edition console to ever be released. Based on the box shown in the reveal trailer, the bundle appears to come with a digital copy of Cyberpunk 2077. I must said 2080-77, that is not a number. However, the console will be available months before the game itself. Both the console and the previously seen Cyberpunk controller feature designs straight out of Night City, including a glow-in-the-dark message on the console that says, No Future, along with themed custom panels that take after the game's futuristic setting. The controller features Johnny Silverhand's black and silver color scheme, along with touches of red. The Cyberpunk 2077 controller is available to buy now and costs $74.99 US dollars. And alongside the console bundle and the controller, Microsoft also revealed matching Cyberpunk Xbox Pro charging stand for $49.99 Seagate game drives for Xbox, Cyberpunk 2077 Special Edition, 2TB and a 5TB, and the Arctis One wireless headset for Johnny for oh for Xbox, Johnny Silverhand Edition, $109.99. There's a lot. There is. So I put the console up on screen for everybody in case you haven't seen it yet. And it looks pretty boss, I have Dude, to say. I'm into it. I really I, want it. So I've heard from the team at Xbox, um, one Josh Stein, I believe, was in my mentions this morning when I was um, tweeting about how awesome this looks. And he told me that there's a very limited supply. So 45, 000, he said that right? there are only 45,000 going out in the wild. Yeah. Which is crazy. So the problem is, as badly as I want this, I can't justify buying it. It's three months. I mean, not three months. Well, we're getting the new consoles soon, like this this year. And I already have enough Xbox One Xs. So maybe I'll get the controller. I'm with you that I don't think it's something that is something I need. And I definitely can't justify buying it because I'm with you. I already have one. But I'm crossing my fingers that maybe (laughs) our friends at Xbox will send one for the studio. (gasps) Please. 
That would Please, be really cool. Maybe. It's, um, yeah. But 45000 at first, I was like, that actually seems like a lot for such a special edition. But if you think about like the global imprint of Xbox and how many people are probably very excited to buy anything Cyberpunk branded, it's really not that much. Millions and millions. It really isn't. And I also thought it was interesting that this is the final Xbox One X limited edition console to ever be released. On one hand, again, new consoles coming at the end of this year. Okay. On the other hand, it's like, well, I mean, yeah, I guess like no Halo, you know, Halo um, Infinite Collector's Edition for the Xbox. I guess they want to push people toward the Series X, which makes sense. But still, it's kind of it's kind of weird to hear that or read it, you know? It's like, oh, it's happening. This is the end of a generation. Yeah, I was thinking about that same thing, too. Like, this idea of what the new consoles are going to be and that transition. Because I was playing... Destiny over the weekend preparing for the Guardian games that kick off tomorrow, which I will be streaming here on our channel this week. And I just like the the loading and the scrolling through the menus and booting up things like it all just is moving so slow. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait until PS5. And then that got me thinking about what Destiny is going to do for PS5 and how Destiny is going to run on PS5 and look on PS5. And then I was got this news about the Xbox and I was like, oh my gosh, but I just got this really cool Gears 5 yeah. Xbox One. What am I going to do with it? And oh, I don't know because generally when the generation happens, like I put my other consoles away. Like it's done. It's done. I, yeah. I know that you're more of a collector than I am. And so you have a bunch of consoles kind of all over the place um, on display <laughs> and ones that you actually boxes, right? Like you like actually plug them in and play them. And I, I just don't. I can't even tell you the last time I plugged my 360 or my PS3 in. Yeah, you like, know, and I was thinking remember. about that too because I just got a new uh, TV, the same TV you and John have actually. And so I had to get a new TV stand for that. And so it has like six little cubbies on it and I'm putting all my consoles in there and you know, when these new consoles come, I don't think I'm even going to need my Xbox One, let alone my Xbox 360. And as much as I love to go back with those consoles, it's if I'm going back to any consoles, usually like the GameCube or if it's like, you know, a game that I can't play on PlayStation 3 or 4, like maybe an old RPG or something. But yeah, I it's weird. I don't think I really have a need anymore to keep my old consoles out and plugged in. If I want to play any of my favorites on Super Nintendo, chances are they're on the SNES Classic, or maybe I'll keep my Wii U out because they had a lot of great um, games on that eShop. <sighs> I'm kind of thinking about, like, what's my plan of attack when we get these new consoles, Andrea? What am I going to do? You're going to sell some of your stuff. <laughs> Jason's like, thank you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Somewhere in another room, he's like, oh my gosh, she says she's going to sell some of our stuff? LOL. <laughs> We both love you and all of your stuff. Listen, from one trash panda to another. I get it. You just want to keep all the shiny things. I don't blame you. Um, All right. On to the next story. So this is another press release that came in this morning from our friends over at Epic Games. Travis Scott is going on tour in Fortnite. Obviously, we're all, you know, shacked up at home right now. And missing our friends and live events and concerts, of course, is one of those things that people are, you know, hankering for. And we've seen a lot of live stream efforts happening with celebrities around the world. So it's no surprise Fortnite, who has famously had concerts in game before, is now partnering up with Travis Scott. So they're 
press release reads, From April 23rd through the 25th, blast off into a -a one-of-a-kind musical journey featuring Travis Scott and the world premiere of a brand new track. Before we continue, am I the only one that was like, but who is Travis Scott? (laughs) I I knew his name from all of the BuzzFeed articles about the Kardashians, and that was about it. I knew he was a rapper. I tried listening to some of his stuff. Wasn't a big fan. I mostly know him through the, the Kardashians or the Jenners or whatever they are. I don't know what they are. They're the Kardashians, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, some of them are Jenners. I, but the show is keeping up with the Kardashians. Right. But the Jenners so is the Kylie. The Kylie's of the world. Oh, fuck it. Yes. Exactly. All right. Continuing <laughs> on. Astronomical is another otherworldly experience inspired by Cactus Jack's creations built from the ground up in Fortnite. To make sure everyone has a chance to experience Astronomical, we're setting up a multiple tour dates with showtimes for players around the globe. Players can jump in whichever time fits their schedule best, or they can catch an encore with friends if they missed it. Uh, and then they give a breakdown of all of the different times in each of the different continents. I think it's really great that they are you know, kind of tailoring each of the times to the different time zones because obviously time zones are hard. <laughs> Arriving before Astronomical, we're excited to announce that Travis Scott is the newest addition to the Icon series and players can get his outfits, emotes, and more starting April 21st. And if players attend any of the Astronomical events, they'll score the Astro World Cyclone Glider and two loading screens for free. Starting on April 21st, players can unlock even more free gear by completing the Astronomical Challenges. Oh, I thought, sorry, someone in chat was like, wasn't he at the Super Bowl? And I feel like I read something about he was going to be at the Super Bowl. Maybe that was 2019 Super Bowl. Oh, no, he was going to be. And then they they went back on their deal. Something fell through. Anyway, getting distracted here. Now, this is interesting. I think this is cool. They've done another concert in the past. Fortnite has. Oh, they've done a couple of Oh, they have done a couple of yeah, and they've always been wildly popular. Yeah, I was watching the video of one. It was a, oh God, it was that famous DJ. He had a, a set. Marshmallow? Maybe. Yeah, I think that was it. And just watching him do his thing and all of the Fortnite players like dancing around at first, it, I was like, what is this? Is this? And then I, and then I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. It's, it's a little weird at first because it's such a weird concept, but obviously it works. And, hey, anything to help people forget about the shit fire that is our current world, I think it's pretty neat. Yeah, absolutely. And a little birdie in the chat says that uh, Quibi last week had their Fortnite event, and it was 10 out of 10. This is exciting, too. Rep Houston, Texas with Travis. Oh, cool. Yeah, I really enjoy that a lot of mainstream artists are doing what they can to keep bringing their art to their fans, knowing that we're all like in a rough spot right now. Um, you know, people gathering in games is nothing new for us as gamers, but I think even now more people are looking for ways to connect and virtual worlds are a great place to do that. I think Animal Crossing is another big place that people are having gatherings on people's islands and doing meetups and things like that. So I think that this is cool. And, you know, Fortnite has always kind of crushed it when it comes to these live events. So I expect nothing but more of the same. I think I want to tune in. I think I want to be there for it. Yeah? Will you go with me? I will because I'm your friend and I want to do something together with you and you never invite me to play games online. Oh God, here we go. It's never going to die. It's never going to go away. I was trying to be I don't even like Travis Scott, but I will go just to hang you out with you. You can't shame buddy. me when I reach a branch out. You have to be like, yes. I know. I'm not shaming you. I'm saying I, I was going to say no because I have really like no interest I mean, interest honestly, in I really have no music, interest either. But I was like, but I have all of the interest in you. Uh, oh, girl. I mean, I'm just thinking we're not getting our E3 dance party 
this year. Clearly, that's not happening. I know. Isn't that sad? Yeah. You know, it's so, I was just thinking about when we were at PAX East and I was at the Harmonix booth when they were showcasing their brand new music game, Fuser. And I was talking to the team at Harmonix about how excited I was for a big, fun DJ E3 party because Harmonix put on some of the best E3 parties I've ever gone to. Shout out to the Who concert. I just was so sad thinking about that right now and how Fuser's not going to get to have a big, splashy E3 party. No, oh, it's all it's all it's- shit. It's not, yeah. it's not great. You know, honestly, I don't have a lot of interest in doing this Travis Scott thing. Maybe we can just do a happy hour call with some whiskey and call it good. I'd rather do that because I'd have to download Fortnite and then I'd have to like figure out where I'm going and I'm an old lady and I don't know how this shit works. How about instead we figure out an Amazon Prime watch party? We just got greenlit for watch parties oh, on yeah. the Twitch channel. Jack S3. And we had such a fun time with Mortal Kombat over the weekend. It was one of the most popular streams we've ever done. So thank you to everybody who joined us for our Mortal Kombat watch along. We had a blast. I love that movie. And Brittany, I'm so glad that you finally oh. have seen the whole thing now. And I hope that we can watch it again where we're not so distracted. <laughs> or drinking so much, maybe. Well, I mean, I didn't say that we didn't have to do that part <laughs> dude i left that movie feeling so pumped up with like adrenaline i was like oh yeah i'm gonna go punch some things and then i took a nap but it's fine it's fine. it's fine oh and for people who are like yo i won bingo where's my code those codes are going out this afternoon so apologies for the delay on that you will be getting your prizes today i guarantee it okay on to our next story Kotaku's Jason Schreier has joined Bloomberg News. So before we get into the story, you guys may have seen last week that famed reporter from Kotaku, Jason, announced that he was leaving the website. He didn't quite announce where he was going. I think he wanted to give it a couple of days to to simmer a little bit. And now, this morning, GamesIndustry.biz has this write-up. Former Kotaku News editor Jason Schreier has joined the team at Bloomberg News, where he will continue to report on the games industry. Schreier, who joined Kotaku in 2011, announced his departure last week. However, it was clear that he would continue to cover video games. Schreier didn't reveal his new employer, though. Speaking to GamesIndustry.biz, Schreier said that he will be joining the technology reporting team at Bloomberg. He will have some flexibility in defining his role, but the games industry will continue to be his focus. That includes the investigative stories on workplace practices and labor issues that made Shar one of the most visible and influential figures in Gaby. In the game's press, Shar will also be starting a podcast with former Kotaku colleagues Kirk Hamilton and Maddie Myers under the Maximum Fun Media Network. In an interview published today, we spoke to Schreier about his decision to leave Geo Media, Kotaku's parent company, which was established when the private equity firm Great Hill Partners acquired Gizmodo Media back in 2019. That was just one of a series of upheavals since Kotaku was part of Gawker Media, which collapsed back in 2016. According to Schreier, there was a widespread lack of faith in Geo Media's management, which culminated in a mass walkout of staff of Kotaku's sister site, Deadspin, late last year. Quote, it's been really tough working for a company that is run by management in whom trust has been completely eroded, he said. Our union announced a few months ago that we had taken a vote of no confidence in the CEO. 97% of the union voted to have him removed. That is not the type of thing you see often. And I think it says at all about our company and how it's been managed over the past year since Great Hill bought us, end quote. Nice. Nice little little uh, there. No, I think this is great. I think anyone who gets Jason Shire is obviously very lucky, and he has proven time and time again that the content he does put out is well-informed and research and legitimate. So this is great. It's an area for him to thrive, and it's cool that he's starting a new show. 
one. He had yeah, one, actually, well, so, I think, before. Yeah. So essentially what he's saying is that Split Screen, the Kotaku podcast that he was on uh, with his co-host before, is essentially defunct. And if Kotaku continues it, it obviously won't be with the same people or with the same kind of content because everybody who was on it is now going to do this other show instead. Um, and so I think you know fans of his work can be excited that he's got a new home. And I think the work that he does is incredibly important. And while Jason and I don't always see eye to eye on a lot of issues, I have nothing but respect for him and think that he is incredibly important to the video games industry and the work he does matters and the work he does is impactful. So I wish him nothing but the best and look forward to reading his new features at Bloomberg. All right. How about some games done quick, Andrea Renee? Ooh, lay it on me, bro. Okay, so Games Done Quick has raised $400,000 for Coronavirus Relief Fund. This comes from Polygon. Games Done Quick's Coronavirus Relief event, Corona Relief Done Quick, I like that, raised more than $400,000 over the weekend, the company announced Sunday. The money will go to Direct Relief, a humanitarian aid organization, quote, with a mission to improve the health and lives of people affected by poverty or emergencies. Direct Relief is directing funds toward COVID-19 relief efforts by supplying communities with personal protective equipment. Corona Relief Done Quick began Friday with a Donkey Kong Country speed run. The event ended on Sunday with Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix. Over three days, $400,774.60 was raised for direct relief as speedrunners blasted through games like Halo Combat Evolved, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater HD, and Super Mario Odyssey. Games Done Quick's next event is Summer Games Done Quick, which is scheduled for August 16th through 23rd in Bloomington, Minnesota. Did I do that right? Minnesota. 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 Summer Games Done Quick was originally slated for June, but was rescheduled over coronavirus concerns. During its previous major event, Awesome Day- Games Done Quick, the organization raised more than $3 million for charity. How cool. This is great. I love these feel-good stories yeah. about the relief efforts happening for COVID-19 pandemic response. And Games Done Quick has always been such a great driving force for positivity um, in games communities. Well, I shouldn't say always. They had that one period of time where they went a little off the rails and they had to clean up their act. But they did, which is the important part. And now they're raising money for good things. That's crazy. I need to learn how to speedrun at least one game in my time. If you had to pick one game to speedrun, to be the master of speedrunning, what would it be? Wow. Um, I think I probably would look at doing like Destiny Strike speedruns. Because I feel like I've done them so many times that they would be something that I would be able to learn semi-easily. Because I think the key to being good at speedrunning is you really have to master the mechanics of whatever game you're speedrunning. And it really comes down to a lot of memorization and just practicing and practicing and practicing and knowing exactly where every tiny little thing is on screen because like just a couple pixels can make your whole speed run fall apart yeah i was watching a zelda speed run ocarina of time and it's crazy because there's these walls that they just know that they can hack into if they do the right thing and the next thing you know they're at the final fight the final fight against ganon and they beat the whole game in like three minutes or it's insane and it's so fascinating to watch but i just don't know if i'd have the patience for it but i'd like to try it one of these days yeah, then you. I would start with something that's short to begin with so you don't feel like you're biting off more than you can chew, right? Is that what she said? I guess. That was, no, it's a dick joke. You know, it's shorter. <laughs> no, I do, but like I don't, I don't think anybody that has a dick wants to think about people biting it. 
No. Unless that's well, your thing. Hey, Maybe hey, that's your thing. We're not here you to kink what? shame. We're not here for that. If that's what you're into, okay. <laughs> Uh, on to the next story, which is a yes, really um, <laughs> different way to spend your money. If you don't want to, you know, use it toward COVID-19 relief, you can buy a $2,000 Death Stranding jacket, if that's wow. what you're into. Okay, so Death Stranding jacket retails for nearly $2,000, sells out immediately. This comes from IGN. German brand acronym launched a custom Death Stranding jacket for almost $2,000, and it sold out almost immediately. The sleek techwear coat arrives thanks to a collaboration between Hideo Kojima and acronym's co-founder, oh god, Erlsen Hugh, who you may have recognized from Death Stranding as the weather station occupant that gives the player delivery assignments. Legendary Metal Gear art director Yoji Shinkawa also worked on the jacket's design. It references the in-game delivery company with bridges detailing an iconography. It features a yellow pocket designed to evoke Sam Porter Bridges' BB pod from Death Stranding. The core design of the jacket uh, derives from the J18GT, an acronym pr- product first developed at the dawn of the millennium. This custom version of that has been modified in collaboration with Kojima to ensure that the elusive Death Stranding aesthetic, my body may be present but my soul is on the beach, I am already dead is what the description reads. So anyway, you can't buy it now. It's sold out. But if you are interested, it sounds like Kojima Productions is taking reservations for another shipment. So I put a picture of it in here, Andrea. Okay. I see it. And I didn't... Apologies, friends. I didn't pull the picture ahead of time. But essentially imagine uh, like a deep navy blue windbreaker with a hood and it's got the black shoulder patch and then it's got a black patch on the torso and then the big yellow pocket across the front. I I just dropped I the don't, link in chat. <laughs> I don't know why this is $2,000. Is it just because the, the supply is low, so the demand is high? Or is there something about the design that requires it to be expensive? Or is this just basically like a Louis Vuitton jacket? I, and like I think that's what it is. You're paying a lot because it's like special designer limited edition. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think this brand is probably already really expensive. But I was really confused at first because of the first photos that pull up, if you look at it on the acronym website, they, he has a BB, like where the yellow pouch is. Like the dude's holding a fucking BB and I thought a BB came with a jacket. And then I thought, oh, that's why it's $2,000. Oh no, it's just a little yellow pouch. Anyway, I saw this and it reminded me of the Final Fantasy 15 collectors, um, the cloth, the clothing line that came out. The total price was like $5,500 for, <laughs> for Noctis and Prompto. If you wanted their outfits, it was, yeah, it was something outrageous. But hey. Clearly, it sold out really quickly. So, you know, if you'd rather buy a jacket than use other your money for other things, then there you go. It's your money. Do with it what you would like. Sure. I just... Not for me. It's very sexy, but not for that price, is what Assassina Sound said. And I agree. Yeah. It's, it's nice-looking nice jacket, but... I can't imagine spending that amount of money on any single item of clothing. What about shoes? Like, I mean... I've certainly seen shoes that are close to that that I thought were beautiful, but I would never buy them because I definitely would be too afraid of mucking them up. Yeah. Maybe like a really fancy handbag or piece of luggage that I know I'd be able to keep for like 10 plus years mm-hmm. and use it for a very long time. I could maybe justify that, but certainly not right now and certainly oh, not God, for a no. long time. <laughs> no. Those days are frivolous purchases are long gone. Yeah, maybe they'll come back in 10 years and then I can buy something that will last another 10 years. Oh, rip. Rip indeed. Um, All right, on to the next story and what I believe is our final major story for the show for today. Bots 
Good old bots, everybody, are the reason, well, probably the reason. Hold on, I'm trying to find my mouse. Lost my mouse, there it is, I found it. <laughs> Let me start that over, shall I? Sure. Bots are probably the reason you can't buy a Nintendo Switch right now. This write-up comes from our friends at Eurogamer. The shortage of Nintendo Switch consoles plaguing North America right now is thought to be driven, in part by an automated bot that snaps up the consoles the moment they come back in stock. As Motherboard reports, thanks to VGC, the new open-source bird bot on the, has spawned a new community in which users either looking to capitalize on the shortage or to just get a hold of a system for their own use are sharing tips and tricks on how to snap up the handheld device the moment they go back on sale. Birdbot creator Nate told Motherboard, I decided to make it as a joke, but quickly realized just how powerful it could be. Me and my friends were talking about reselling Nintendo Switches at one point. My friend, nicknamed Bird, told me I should make a bot, and here we are today. <laughs> While there are similar bots available, this is reportedly the first such automated bot to specifically target Nintendo's handheld system, and it's unusual that it's entirely free to use, too. It subsequently built up Discord community of over 1,000 users in which many are sharing images, proudly showing off their multi-buy successes. The scarcity, which has come about partly due to the overwhelming success of Animal Crossing, as well as an uptick in demand as players are forced to stay home during the coronavirus pandemic, has since had a knock on prices too, with some resellers making a considerable markup on consoles, particularly the Animal Crossing-themed bundle, for which some sellers are doubling the price. So for the themed Animal Crossing bundle, that makes sense. These are limited in supply and Animal Crossing's hot. I'm not shocked by that. I do think it's kind of gross that people are using bots to buy multiple consoles to resell them at a profit when we're in a pandemic. I know it's not toilet paper, so it's not as egregious, <laughs> but still. It's it's just gross. It's just it's oh man, and it, there's some other quotes that were in a few other articles, and how they're oh I can't wait for the next resale, the restock, and they're showing photos of people having like 15 switches in the boxes because they bought them all. Now they're reselling it. It's just like one of those things. I thought it was just interesting because I've heard about bots buying things, but I've never actually looked into it, and it was just kind of gross but interesting insight that this is I guess how part of it how it's done, and it's just fucked. Especially like you said, it's not toilet paper, but it's like the dude who bought all the Purell, all the hand sanitizer. Remember? And he tried to sell it, and Amazon's like, nah, dog, you can't sell it on our platform. And then I think he just ended up donating it all anyway. It just makes yeah, me kind of sad. No, I'm with you. There's been a couple of those stories. I um, made a Target run, I think it was like, gosh, it was over a week ago, almost two weeks ago now, um, to pick up some cleaning products that we were running low on. And I took a photo of the sign outside Target because they had a sign that lists all of the products that they're out of. And they were, of course, were like toilet paper, hand sanitizer, Lysol, etc. And it's all like cleaning, 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 cleaning. And at the very bottom, it says Nintendo Switch. Really? Yes. I must have And I was that. like, I took a photo because I was going to post it. And I was like, that is crazy that they're like, we're out of these things that are important to staying healthy. And Nintendo Switch is one of those things because mental health is important. Hmm. Also, I did it, Brittany. What you, oh, did you? Oh, you downloaded Animal Crossing. I downloaded Animal Crossing. I did it. I bought it and I downloaded it this morning. Okay, so have you? Have you? So you, oh, this morning. So you haven't done anything this yet. Okay, okay, I haven't done anything yet. I've been waiting. I'm trying to decide if I need to do some of the intro stuff on my own or if I should just start streaming fresh from the very beginning. But I don't know if people want to watch me start the game because the intro stuff is kind of boring, isn't it? Yeah, but I think your reaction would be very entertaining. 
the look on your face, I think would be very entertaining. I think people want to help you during this vulnerable time when you are trying to like a game like Animal Crossing. <sighs> okay. Well, then maybe I will stream that later today. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then people can help coach me. We'll do a backseat gaming stream. It'll be perfect. I think that would actually be really helpful. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> they do. They want to watch. <laughs> Wait, is that Cece? Is that how you say your name in the chat? Thank you so much. I appreciate the support. Um, okay. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, Bahamut Zero says, my day just got so much better. <laughs> oh, Mellow Grip said they'd be there too. Okay, everybody. I will stream Animal Crossing from the very beginning uh, oh, later today oh. once uh, we get the show uploaded. Oh, it's going to be real good. <laughs> it's gonna be, so this it's next gonna be story, Andrea, I call it the daily dose of what the fuck. Because okay. I thought it was just, the more you read it, the weirder it kind of gets. All right. Sony Patton's robotic gaming companion that reacts to your emotions. This comes from IGN. Sony has patented an autonomous robotic gaming companion that sympathizes with the user and reacts to their emotions during gameplay. A listing found on the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office website depicts the robot as a fuzzy little guy who sits next to you on the sofa while you play games. It has no mouth but a pair of endearing eyes and cute boots and is said to be able to talk and empathize with the player as well as move its arm, leg, or neck in reaction to the user's emotions. So how would you describe, because I put a picture of it in here. Describe it to chat. So, chat, imagine a shape of a cloud, but standing vertically, like standing upright, like a like a like a lumpy potato. But I imagine it's soft and plushy on the middle. In the middle. Oh, <laughs> and it's got two arms sticking out from the sides. So they're little stick arms that have round hands. So they look like little circles. Like little balls for hands. <laughs> and then it's got two feet. It also stick legs, but the shoes are black, oblong, like, oh. They're like, Ovals, it's like a rounded kind of- rectangle. Like a rounded rectangle. Yeah, it's like an oval, I guess. Oval, yeah. Re- yeah, rectangle. Okay. And then it's got two eyes that are just a circle with a pupil in the middle. I am, however, very glad that they decided to not put a mouth on this thing i think that that's the smartest decision oh, i've heard from a, a, a design like this yeah for a variety of reasons it basically looks like something i would create in microsoft paint but better all right so this yes. unit oh, no better better than you Mm-mm. but look how like symmetrical it all is like i can't do that okay the eyes they clearly use the circle tool for no one free-handed that well it's, it's okay. just or if they did, that they are very impressive. <laughs> Maybe I'll create my own autonomous robot. And well, we can compare the two and see which one stacks up. Anyway, this unit, this robotic unit, can evaluate feeling, feeling indexes such as joy, anger, love, and surprise, and will be com- complemented by a biological sensor that can track the user's heart rate and sweating state. What is your sweating state? In the summary of the object, the patent notes that the robot has been created to usher in a joint viewing experience in order to motivate users to play games and react to them in absence of a face-to-face relationship with another person. So real quick, essentially what they're saying is that when people have something or someone playing alongside them or just watching them and reacting, it kind of creates more of a bond between the game and what that person is doing. So that's the whole point of this guy. The patent explains that the robot has a love index, which will be affected by how the user speaks to the robot in moments of tension. When asked to be 
Oh, yeah. When asked to be charged, if the player doesn't charge the robot quickly, it will evaluate that the player does not love it, and it will react in a similar fashion. If it's kicked around instead of being stroked, or if the user tells the robot that it's being noisy. If it feels unpopular, it will no longer empathize with the player during gameplay, a conscious action made to make the user reflect on their attitude and treat the robot more kindly in the future. It can also help to improve life rhythm and will tell users to go to bed. (laughs) So basically, this is like the baby that they give you in those high school classes where you have to take care of and if you you just like throw it around or leave it on the ground, you like fail your like childcare class. Oh my god. Dude, that baby was the most terrifying thing I've ever had to do in my entire life. I hate dolls, let alone like this big plastic baby that sounded like the devil was inside of it. Um, Anyway, this is uh, an interesting thing. I, I love this part where he said, well, asked to be, when asked to be charged, if the player doesn't charge it quickly, it'll evaluate that the player doesn't love it and will react in a similar fashion as if it's being kicked around in, or instead of being stroked. It's just weird. It's a weird thing. And um, this was, I think, submitted in 2018, and it just popped up again last week on something. I don't know how trademarks work, but... Uh, it's interesting. Afro Thunder in the chat is saying, I'm not paying for a guilt trip. I can do that to myself for free. <laughs> oh, word. <laughs> DG Sparta says, we just got an egg in my class. Oh, yeah, it was a bag of flour and an egg, which I think some people got. And you had to take care of that and bring it back the next day to class or something and make sure it hadn't cracked. I I still don't understand that. I don't recall getting – we definitely didn't have the babies. I don't recall getting something that I had to take home. But I was in, like, real babysitting classes from a very early age because that's just what you do in North Dakota. Um, and so I had, like, my babysitting certificate by the oh time I was, like, 11 or something. So Wow. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. No, like I said, we just had those demonic babies that we had to take home. And the worst part is you'd have to – because you never knew when they were going to cry. You had to get a key. And you had to keep the key on your wrist at all times. And it was – um. Oh, what what are those things? The zip ties. It was like a zip tie kind of thing around your wrist. And then a key dangled from it. And then the baby would start crying in the middle of the night. Then you'd have to like get off your bed, like go downstairs or wherever the baby was. I guess you had to keep it in your room. <laughs> and then you had to like rip off the back or, of its clothing. Or you kept it downstairs if you were Brittany. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. And this is the worst part. It would time you. It would tell you. And then the teacher the next day would get the data and they would be able to tell how long you let the baby cry before you like fixed it terrible and then you, you should have ha- just told the teacher you were ferberizing the baby you're like listen we're in sleep training with the baby sometimes you just gotta let the baby cry so the baby Fer- knows that it's going to survive the night on its own ferber wedding ferberizing is that like a furby it's a joke no that was a it's joke. not that was a joke don't worry because <laughs> you know because like furbies you'd have to put them in your closet to get them to go to sleep back in the day because if you didn't their eyes would open they'd be like wah wah ooh, ooh, all night and it was the fucking worst god oh Anyway, unless it is, it's no, it's not. Now, now, now I'm questioning my own sanity here. Oh, anyway, yeah, you'd have to stick a key in the back of this baby and hold it. And you couldn't just like, it didn't click into place. You just literally had to physically have the tension there. And then eventually it would shut up and then it would start crying 30 minutes later. Anyway, that's why I don't have kids still. So. <laughs> Cause she's like, I had this traumatic experience with the key. I just can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> can't do it uh blind gamer steve says yep totally had to do the same thing oh Brit. dude you feel me bahamut zero says ferberizing that's probably something you learn in a north dakota babysitting class oh no that's definitely something i learned as an adult see for sure 
100%. Oh, boy. Wow. That's some interesting, uh, <laughs> some interesting... <laughs> topics this show has gone places Brittany. it's i know there's something in the air today i'm not sure what it is it's just weird it's a weird day but it's been fun i feel like we're actually getting to hang out which is something we haven't been able to do in a long time right exactly um i was looking for the for the link for the um for the dear wgg i just popped in Uh, two questions in there that are more or less evergreen. We can take them if we want, or we can just keep talking about ferberizing and mechanical babies. <laughs> I mean, as much fun as that was, <laughs> I do. I would like to get to these questions. So just as a reminder, everybody, if you would like to submit questions to, for Brittany and I and our guests to answer on What's Good Games Live, whatsgoodgames.com slash dearwgg is the place to do that. We know that not everybody can appear in the Twitch chat with us live. So if you are listening on podcast services or watching at youtube.com slash whatsgoodgames, please use that link. Drop in questions. They can be about topics of the day or they can be whatever your heart desires. Mm-hmm. Please make them safe for work, though. That would be much appreciated. And um, so Art left us a question at whatsgoodgames.com slash DRWGG and writes, how would you recommend that small outlets like podcasts, blogs, etc., establish a relationship with PR reps without looking like they're just trying to get free games? So Art submitted this question when we had the amazing Tara Bruno on the show from Tara Bruno PR. And we didn't get enough time with Tara. We told her that we would get her back on the show. Especially now that she's got her microphone and camera situation (laughs) figured out a little bit better. Listen, I get that this is new territory for a lot of people. We've just been troubleshooting it for three years here at What's Good Games. Um, So Brittany and I have quite a bit of experience with this ourselves. So Brittany, as somebody who literally started her own website, Blonder.com, from scratch and built it from the ground up, how would you answer this question? So what I found worked for me is if you just email PR out of the blue, Let's assume that you've found the contact, you found the right person that you need to get in touch with, and you say, hey, you know, I want to start a website, I want to start a YouTube channel, I have nothing to show you, but I would love a free code. It's not going to fly over very well. The unfortunate truth is, you know, you just have to hustle, hustle, hustle and make content and you're not going to get paid for it for a while, especially if you're starting out like I did, where I just started from nothing and built my own thing up. But what I was eventually able to do is, and earn that clout, I think that's what the cool kids are saying, is after a year or so, or six months, or however long, depends on how often you're making content, I had a website to show for it, I had reviews of games that I paid for, you know, I had YouTube videos, I had write-ups, I had convention coverage, I was able to take that website and send that along when I was requesting a game code. And so what that allows the PR rep to do is check out my content, see that I actually do cover the things that I attend or cover the things that I play, and then that in turn builds trust between the two of you. And then after you create the content, you submit it back to that person. And it's just a good way to start. So I would say, yeah, just like start from the beginning, start writing, just make content every day, start making videos, do whatever you want your platform to be, and just have something to show for it. So when you do request these codes that you can say, look, I actually do work. 100%. That is fantastic advice from Brittany. And I also find it really helpful to make sure that you do the research on the person that you're cold emailing. I 100% agree that just asking for free stuff off the bat is not the way to go. Showcasing that you've done some work is important. Moreover, showcasing coverage that you've done of games that they've published or other games that they manage is important. So you can say, hey, here's an example 
of work and here's my pitch idea of what I would do with the code if you gave me a free copy of the game. This is the content that I would make. And then while you're first starting up, and really this is a good practice to do no matter what point of your career you're in, um, is to follow up with those PR people and say, thank you so much for the code. Here is a link to the coverage that I did of the game that you provided me. Now, obviously, like, that's not necessarily feasible depending on the size of the outlets. Like, right, IGN's not sending back a link for every single piece of content <laughs> no. that they make, right? But we're not IGN. Friendly. I'm sure PR also would not want all of those links. <laughs> um, but I think that it's important to maintain professionalism and then also be able to accept no gracefully, right? Like, begging for something is never a good look when you're in a professional setting or really just ever, um, but I think, <laughs> I think it's important to remember that, you know, a lot of times that they have very limited codes. We get told no still all the time. And we've been working in the games business for a long time, but we understand that with certain games that they get codes that they pre assign to outlets for very specific purposes. And guess what? PR is not going to tell you about their coverage report plans or their coverage plans. Right. And it's okay for you to be frustrated but sometimes you just got to go, you know what? You're either going to choose to not cover that game because you don't get the code for free or my personal philosophy, you just buy it and then you keep the receipts and use it as part of your tax write-off when you do your taxes the next year and you use it as a cost of doing business. And obviously you have to pick and choose when you're first starting out because games are expensive and you know you can't buy every game that comes out. So it's important to kind of look at what the thing is your audience wants to see most and then tailor your coverage around that. Doing a shotgun approach is never going to be successful because you're just going to kind of make the PR people think that you're willing to cover anything and everything as long as you get a free code. And that works for some people, but I don't think it's a great way to build an audience. I think, you know, you really have to figure out the kind of content you want to make and do it with passion and do it well. Yeah. And going back off of what you were saying about even if you don't get the code, buy it anyway. Use that as a hex right off. But you can also use that, especially if it's in a franchise, whether it's like Final Fantasy. Like, example, Story of Seasons, Harvest Moon. I When I had my website back back in the day, rip, I would write about that franchise a lot, a lot, a lot. And I had never gotten a free code or anything. In fact, I had been denied codes. But eventually, one year, I think it was when Trio of Towns came out on 3DS, I was able to send them all of my coverage of all of these games I'd always written about within that franchise, because I knew eventually, hey, you know, I might not get this game on this system, but I know in two or three years, another game's going to come out within that franchise, and if I cover this game, even if they didn't get me a code, that increases my chance. And um, when Trio of Towns came out, I was able to send all of my coverage regarding that series that I had been doing for all those years. And they're like, okay, like, I get it. You're a big fan. Like, you deserve a code. So, Yeah, because you put the work in. Gotta work, 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 work. I sound like a duck. It's, yeah, pretty much. It's just never ending, everybody. Just the work. It's constant, constant work. Yeah. Um, I don't know if... Either of you, either of us could answer this question. Yeah, it's, I mean, we could. Because it a, was, because it was for Jessica. Oh, I thought, Je- um, oh yeah, I see. So I think we'll probably skip that one. Um, But we could just take um one or two more questions from the chat. Afro Thunder asked, do you guys get sometimes publishers or devs offering you codes? All the time particularly indie devs who are really hungry for attention for their titles because the indie space in particular 
has a giant discoverability problem, much like the mobile space does, where there's just so many games being published all the time that it's really difficult to get eyeballs on your game or to get feature placement, like in the Steam store or in the Epic Game store. I mean, getting placement on the consoles is even more difficult. You really have to be in a partner relationship with somebody at the platform in order to get featured on, on console. And so because of that, you know, a lot of times indie devs will go to a press list they got from an event like PAX East, for example, where, you know, our email addresses are there associated with our registration so that they can reach out and tell us that, hey, you can come and demo my game while you're at the show. They'll reach out to us afterwards and say, hey, I was showing my game. I I don't know if you remember, but now we're actually launching and here's a code. And sometimes it's challenging when developers will just give us the code and not ask if we want the code first, because I never want these codes to go to waste because they have a value associated with them. So generally speaking, what I'll do is I'll respond and say, you know, thank you for the code. If we have time to get to it, this is what we plan to do with it. If we don't, I say, you know, please take the code back so you can redistribute it to somebody or we can add it to our running giveaway list, Mm -hmm. which is what we're using to giveaway codes to you guys and to do giveaways on Twitter and to do giveaways when we do charity streams, et cetera, et cetera. And so it really depends on the on the person and what they want. But I have found that people are actually really appreciative when they get the codes back. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, actually, I do need that code for somebody else. So no, yeah, you, you got it. You said all of the things that I was going to say. And then sometimes yeah. though, people are like, no, nah, just keep it. And then you just have a folder in your inbox of codes that we use for you. It's true. We give away codes to you guys. And I believe that's going to do it for us for What's Good Games Live for Monday for 2020. Uh, Hey! I just just like saying 2020. 2020. Are you going to enjoy the festivities today one, Andrea Renee? Um, Probably not. Yeah. Because I have a lot of work to do, but... I am committing right now to doing my Animal Crossing stream. So that will happen later today. So please keep an eye out for that. Again, if you guys have not turned your notifications on on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash what's good games, now is a great time to do that. Also make sure you're following what's good underscore games on Twitter and following both at Blonde Nerd and at Andrea Renee. We tweet about what we're doing all the time and it's a great way for you to keep in the loop about when we do streams that are not pre-scheduled so don't forget friday is the patreon exclusive streams patreon.com slash what's good games if you guys want to get in on those they're always a fun time and then mark your calendars for monday may 4th is when we're doing our core stream i'm going to be making a custom what's good games world and core which will be oh my god really fun yeah it's gonna be great Okay, everybody, enjoy the rest of your Monday, and we hope that you have a fantastic week. We'll see you next time. Bye.